In the words of Public Enemies Chuck D, bring the noise. Fellow Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor, and this, this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everybody's had a good week. Uh, thanks for sticking with me once again, giving me an hour of your time. Bless up to all of you. Formalities before we begin. Email, Facebook, Twitter, IG, it is all there in the description below. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you very much. Before we begin, shout out to Valtteri Bottas. Uh, we did some predictions for the F1 rate, uh, F1 last week, last episode. I did say that Sebastian Vettel was going to win because I just thought he'd get the hat trick. Because why not? Ferrari were nowhere to be seen during that race, and Bottas absolutely bossed it. Absolutely bossed it. I have never seen. I have never seen a teammate of Lewis Hamilton's dominate him in such a fashion. He won an over 20 second. He had an over 20 second lead. Over 20 seconds, Valdi Bottas did. And he got the fastest lap on literally the second to last lap. Absolute perfect performance. Dominant performance. I am really looking forward to this season. Anyway, let's get started with the show. I have... I'm going to do something different. This is the first time I've done this. I'm going to do the same topic or the same subject twice. So I'm removing... There's no film and TV uh, this, this episode... We have one life, one sport, and we also have two music uh, stories to talk about. Because I, because you know, there were a couple of music stories I wanted to talk about, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to pick between pick between both. So I just thought let's just ditch film and TV for for this uh, for this episode and do music twice. I, ho- I hope you guys are fine with that. So let's get started. Uh, let's get started with some sports. Actually, I want to talk about March Madness because uh, March Madness is here. And uh, I kind of wanted to, I just, I just wanted to talk about it, you know, just because uh, I find it a very fascinating tournament. Just as a, just as a sports tournament, it is the most fascinating thing to, uh, to be, uh, to be, I guess, uh, to watch and to be a part of, I guess. So for those that don't know about college basketball in the U.S. NCAA, and uh, just, just that in general as a sport um march madness is basically every every march obviously uh, they have the ncaa tournament uh, basketball tournament men's and women's but obviously the men's is more popular because men's um and basically the tournament is around is a is a tournament of uh, 68 68 teams 68 colleges 68 universities in the us uh, balling out one and done. If you lose, you are out. You have no second chances. Uh, you have to win six games in order to get the, to the national championship. It is an absolute. It's on the face of it, it is just an absolute um, cluster of you know teams. You know there are teams that are well known, teams that have heritage and history, and then there's teams that are just. No, you, you just you've never heard of them before, and you have, you wonder why the how the hell did they get here? And it's 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 so eclectic, it's so eclectic. The only tournament I can think of that is similar to this is the FA Cup. But 
the difference between March Madness and the FA Cup, even though the you know even though the tournament is kind of similar in its uh, in its um, uh, how, do, how do I explain it in in their makeup, you know, there's obviously plenty. There's you know the FA Cup has plenty rounds. Uh, March Madness clear, uh, obviously has a, a little bit less. You know, FA Cup covers the whole of all uh, English teams. So there's obviously, uh, you know, across all the, um, not even just the, you know, the top four, uh, top four leagues. It's, um, wait, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four, the top four leagues. It's also, you know, the, the lower leagues that, that, that participate in the FA Cup in the er- much earlier rounds. So, you know, uh, the only comparison I can give to you from an English perspective is the FA Cup. But, the difference between FA Cup and March Madness is because March Madness happens in March and only in March. You know, it happens all in one month. They have uh, they have conference tournaments, and sometimes there are great moments there, and there's some historic moments there. So you know, it's um, much smaller. Obviously, every uh, there are certain teams in a conference. They have conferences, and that forms the whole of the NCAA Division One. And then there's also Division Two and Division Three, but obviously that's a bit lesser. We only focus on Division One here. So, um, th- yeah. So they have a conference tournaments, and then they get into the NCAA tournament, which is the you know the big cheese, uh, the big cheese wheel, and um, they basically fight out for that in the team of sixty in a, in a tournament of sixty eight in a bracket. So the added fun with this, uh, on top of the fact that it all happens in one month and the the NCAA tournament has only just started uh, as of of this recording, it started last night and it's going to go on obviously until the end of March, so just think of how that long that is, only a couple of weeks. So all all 68 will come down to two teams at the end and that will be the NCAA championship game. So just thinking about that, and thinking about keeping up with that is absolutely fascinating to me. So, uh, along with that, you also have, um, you know, every American, uh, uh, you know, publication and the TV network. They always, they always, you know, have a. They always uh, ask you to fill out a bracket. So what you can, so you can participate in this. It's not just, you know, from a betting standpoint because you can't bet on this. You, you. Well, you can logic. You can legally bet on this, but I'm saying, in terms of chances of winning, it is near to impossible. There is there are loads of st- statistics that you can uh, you can find for yourself, and they're absolutely amazing. So there has there has never ever been in the history of the NCAA tournament and in the history of people actually filling out brackets, nobody has ever gotten a perfect bracket. It is it is numerically possible. But logically, it is impossible. If you know what I mean, um, numer- there is there is a number you can. There's a one in, I don't know, quintillion or whatever, trillion, whatever. Uh, I don't know the exact figure, but there is, but there is a number. But it's actually just logically impossible. That's another dimension to this: is that you cannot predict what is going to happen. Uh, last year, we had the first ever 16 seed, which is the lower seed, uh, beating number one seed, which is obviously the top seed. And how the brackets go is that there are four four mini brackets. Obviously, if you, if you know what a bracket looks like, you've probably seen, you know, you've probably seen it before. Uh, you've probably seen a tournament bracket before. But um, they clear they they chop it up into four, and obviously they go inwards, inwards, inwards until they all combine for the in the middle for the national championship game. So. There are four one seeds, and obviously four sixteen seeds, and then obviously four of the other of the numbers in between. And one 
in the first round, the one seed always face in that in the uh, region always faces the 16 seed. And for the first time last year, a 16 seed beat a one seed. So in a tournament that is so long, that, that has been on for so long, I think about uh, just just a ballpark number, you know, 70 years probably, mo- probably most likely longer, maybe longer than that. There has never been a 16 beating a one. And we finally had that for the first time ever last year. So just just think about that and how that busted so many people's brackets. You know, just think about that. So it's, it's part of the fun. It's part of the fun. I I myself have uh, you know participated in it a few in a, for the past few years. I I just find it interesting. Um, so the max number of points you can get is one thousand nine hundred twenty according to the ESPN bracket. If you do ESPN bracket, it's probably different in uh, different places. Uh, I do it via ESPN, and um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> filling it out is just. It's just interesting in itself because I don't watch college basketball. I don't have time to watch college basketball. Uh, in the in the if you know, I'm that I'm that kind of person where if I want to really get into something, I have to be super invested into it. So the only times I can do that is probably athletics and F1. I can't I can't I, I can barely do that at basketball anymore. To be completely honest with you, you know, I can't I can't watch games all the time and, and like uh, like I used to, and that's quite depressing. But it's just how it goes. So when it comes when it pertains to college basketball, I can I obviously can't, but I think that adds more to the fun. Uh, you know, when you fill out a bracket, and if you want if you want to do so, you can go anywhere. You try an ESPN bracket that they're fairly quick to do. Um, you know, you got you got other networks and publications you can do it off. Just type up like NCA March Madness bracket, and you know, it'd be pretty easy to fill out. Um, when you look at it. You know, you get you you get given statistics of every team, and you know how match up how the match up would go, and you know maybe a predictor if they if they're nice to you. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't know. You don't know. Nothing is a sure thing, and that's just what's so fascinating about this tournament. So, uh, what I've done is I've filled out two brackets. You can fill out as many as you want. I think. Um, obviously, don't you don't have to go mental, but I I fill out one or two every year uh, just just for the fun of it and just to keep up. Uh, it's just something fun to do, and when you, if obviously if you think about it from a you know purely mathematical standpoint, if you if you clean up if you get perfect in the first round, you are you are in great stead. Like even get, getting a good first round, obviously all sixty eight teams play on that in, in the first round, and obviously never never again did all sixty eight teams play. If you get all all of those matchups right, then that in itself is quite a feat. <laughs> And if that happened to me, I'd be gassed at that. I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. You, 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 I can't, you can't get me off this high. Like if, if I, you know, there'll be a loss at some point, you just know it will. But if you get perfect in the first weekend, like the first two matchups, first two set of matchups, I'd be gassed. I'd be gassed. But anyway, um, yeah, so I filled out two brackets and I've gone for, uh, I've gone for two winners uh, I've gone for Kansas for one. I just picked Kansas because they might. I've picked Kansas, uh, you know, a few years ago as my just a g- generic team that I support. I uh, like the, uh, you know, I usually pick. From what I've done, my methodology in picking American sports teams has so far has been um, has been uh, colors. So I picked uh, Baltimore Orioles for b- baseball because I love that black and orange. Uh, I used to I used to be about the Baltimore Ravens because uh, like the I like the purple and black and gold I just like the colours and obviously I don't watch NFL anymore because you know for many reasons so I've, I'm off that 
Uh, basketball, uh, it's a bit, bit more different. I actually picked it because I actually picked the Miami Heat because of Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, I, you know, I started getting into basketball around around uh, 2000, 2007, 2008, somewhere around that area, maybe 2009, probably there. So uh, I actually picked it because of the player, uh, Dwayne Wade. So, um, and you know, the colors are great. You know, colors are great, uh, red and black and white. And they also have these vice jerseys that are absolutely amazing, just oh, such beautiful uni- uniforms. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, well, what sports are there? Main mother, uh, no, I don't do hockey, so I <laughs> don't really care about that. So, um, yeah, most of the time is that. And for Kansas, I pretty much picked it because you know they hit, they got good history, it's all right. You know, they got Will Chamberlain, Paul Pierce, um, and a couple of others. You know, not not many, not like Kentucky or Duke, you know, or um, or, uh, yeah, mostly them two are usually the mo- most popular ones, but um, yeah, I picked Kansas and uh, just thought it'd be. I like the colours. They've got the blue, they've got the yellow, red. They've got really nice colours. And I just, uh, yeah, that's why I pick Kansas. And every time I do a bracket, I just pick them to win just be, just because. Um, I've gone for, for the second one, I've actually gone for Kentucky. I don't know why, because Kentucky are probably not favoured at all in any any fashion. I mean, I, I, I know nobody is picking Kentucky, you know. Their, their odds to win are probably uh, lower than most, actually. Uh, mo- lower than uh, different years. Uh, in the past few, in the past, like, ten years, they've been very popular, but this year, eh, you know, it's, it's been a no for, for, it's been a no for most, for most people. Most people will probably go for Duke because of, um, you know, Zion Williamson. I said, I said, I mentioned his name a few, a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago. So most people will go for Duke. Uh, some people have gone for um, you know st- teams like uh, uh, Michigan State is a good pick. Gonzaga is number one. Uh, sleeper picks. Some people have gone for Murray State for John Morant, who's one of the best players in the college in college right now. Uh, Michigan's number two. Some people have gone for them, and I've actually put them in my final both times. I think. I think I have. Um, let me let me check right quick. Now I've put Michigan State for one and Michigan for another. So that's how it is. Um, it's around a 64, by the way, not 68. Oh yeah, it is 68 technically because they have um, they have a, a preliminary rounds where there's uh, four other teams. So uh, to make up the 16 uh, 16 seeds, another seeds as well. Uh, there's an 11 seed here where they have to battle it out. So um, there, there's there's actually there's technically 68 teams, but there are uh, you know the round of 64 is the actual tournament itself. North Carolina's a heavy favorite, heavy favorite, and there's also Kentucky, which is the number two seed. Uh, but mo- but out of the two seeds, I don't think people are picking them. So overall, you know, just uh, March Madness. I just wanted to talk about it because it's such a fascinating tournament. Like I said, the only comparison you can give is the FA Cup. But the FA Cup, um, you know, magic is usually. Um, I think it's the third, third or fourth round. Sorry for sorry for butchering. I, I forget. I forget which. A specific round it is but there is a round where like you know it's the magic round where the upsets happen but for March Madness because it happens in such a small amount of time it's literally just crazy like just upsets everywhere buzzer beaters everywhere amazing performances everywhere 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 every night you know it's just amazing performances so um yeah March Madness get into it if you really want to fill out a bracket you know that will be quite fun if you told me that you fill out a bracket and just see what happens um, shout out to my F1 fantasy as well. Um, I'm beating Tyler and my dad right now, so um, <laughs> I don't eat no ham and eggs. H A M Hamilton initials. Tribe called Crest ref- reference. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. 
no, there is nobody in there's nobody in F1 Fantasy that have filled out their name, their team name, and it has a Hamilton reference and a Tribal Quest reference in a one in one name. I am a beast. Anyway, I digress. So let's continue. <laughs> let's continue on with the show. Uh, let's do the first. Let's do the first music. Um, uh, my first music uh, uh, topic out of the two. Uh, this one's a bit more. Well, it's a bit. It's much more lighter than the than the next one, but is uh, it's 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 a concern, you know. Uh, so the headline is uh, find a guardian here, Alex Hearn. Uh, MySpace loses all content uploaded before 2016. So all of their content from when they from when they started being MySpace, I forgot what year specifically, and on, up to 2016. So that's a long time. That is a long time. And there's a lot of music gone, so that's a, that's kind of the place I'm going to talk about this. But let's get into the article itself. So this is by Alex Hearn of the Guardian. Uh, MySpace, the once mighty social network, has lost every single piece of content uploaded to its site before 2016, including millions of songs, photos, and videos with no other home on the internet. The company is blaming a faulty server migration for mass for the mass deletion. Uh, which which appears to have happened more than a year ago, when the first reports appeared of users unable to access older content. The company has confirmed the confirmed to online archivists that music has been lost permanently, dashing hopes that a backup could be used to permanently protect the collection of future generations for future generations. More than 50 million tracks from 14 million artists have been lost, including songs that led to the rise of the MySpace generation cohort of eyes such as Lily Allen, Arctic Monkeys, and Yaysayer. Uh, as well as music, the site also accidentally deleted pictures and videos stored on its servers. Even though many users had deserted uh, MySpace by the end of the noughties for newer social networks such as Facebook, the site retained a significant user base well into the decade as musicians had cultivated their fan followings on it. A disastrous relaunch in 2013 led to most bands having to rebuild their communities from scratch. Uh, the relaunch also cleared much of the text content on the website, including wall posts between users, but music and images were left up in the hope that they could be the building block for a music-focused second life that never came. Even so, the site still has some diehard users, such as Kenneth Scalier, who told The Guardian 2018, quote, my, MySpace is such a huge part of my life. Uh, I've met new people other, uh, I otherwise wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have met and learned about new fashions and bands, unquote. Some have questioned how the Embattled Company, which was purchased by a Time Inc. in 2016, could make such a blunder. Uh, quote, I am deeply sceptical that this was an accident, uh, accident unquote wrote the web expert Andy Bio. Flagrant incompetence may be bad PR, but it still sounds better than we can't be bothered with the effort and cost of migrating and hosting 50 million old MP3s, unquote. Uh, MySpace initially claimed that deletion was a temporary error, with customer support staff telling one user, I have been informed the issue will be fixed, but by July last year it was publicly, publicly acknowledging that no such fix was forthcoming. So I'm going to stop there. Uh, there's a little bit to the article left, but I'll leave it there. The point has been made. So, yeah, let's talk about the MySpace generation uh, right quick, because they named, obviously, a few British artists. Um, is Yase British? I don't, I've never heard of Yase. I've never heard of Yase. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, you know, Arctic Monkeys and Lillian, and obviously, you know, the big... Uh, 
the big ones. But there are many more, you know, American artists that I have heard of that, you know, came off, that started, you know, from, um, uh, started from there. Uh, I think uh, Mac Miller was one. Uh, well, actually, shout out to Miss Melody Monroe, uh, you know, friend of 5e. Uh, the Kooks was one. Jamie T was one. Uh, if, you, if you remember Jamie T, that's a, that's a very classic one. Uh, trying to trying to find some more here. The Weekend, Avicii, Adele, Mac Miller. I think I already I don't know if I already said Mac Miller, but yeah, um, there are a lot of a lot, and I've I've only scratched the surface to be completely honest. I know there are many many more that are actually popular now, and you know, uh, uh, and start and got their start on MySpace. You know, SoundCloud is that kind of thing now. You know, you got your Juice World, you got your, your uh, uh, can't even name uh, SoundCloud rappers now. <laughs> Denzel Curry, you know, it's, it's people like those. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're the SoundCloud generation now, and obviously that's more rap, um, uh, rap evident. And obviously there are more, but um, yeah, you know, MySpace was that first platform. That was that was the first music platform that actually got attention from actual labels. You know, and I've named a couple there. The Weeknd's one of the biggest artists uh, right now. You know, Vici was R.I.P. Um, and Adele is Adele, you know what I mean? It's absolutely staple in British music, and so you know the fact that the fact that all that music is gone is kind of um, you know it is it, something worth thinking about. You know there is there are many. I, I had the same thought with Instagram, where you know sometimes I post stuff on Instagram, and I actually delete off my phone, so the only place it is. It, it does exist is Instagram and I've done that for a couple of years now and I kind of feel a little bit um concerned concerned is a word because you know you, you don't you, you don't fit you know it could happen any time it could happen at any time and obviously obviously myspace is more of a is more of a you know a dead network, a dead a dead social network, so to speak. Uh, but you never know. Just Instagram might just have a mass deletion, and it might just be a complete accident. Someone just might have spilt coke on the servers. You never know. You never know how it could happen. You know, it could be just be a just be a blackout, and it just doesn't restore anything. It could it could happen in many ways, and uh, you know I don't want to lose that kind of stuff. You know I don't. For me personally, I don't post stuff on Instagram, you know, just because I do that for stories because <laughs> I know it'll be gone in 24 hours. And I just uh, if I feel like, you know, just mentioning something quick, like I just put it on the Instagram stories, you know, what I mean, so uh, if it's something fleeting, then, yeah, I sh- for sure, I for sure post it on um, uh, 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 Instagram stories. But um, for, for things that actually, you know, make make sense I try and um, sorry just trying to find my laptop charger uh, I try and uh, po- only post Instagram stuff uh, on the actual genuine feed unless it actually has um, some long term thing to it you know sometimes I just post some um, you know if I go to a music event I actually went and see Mick Jenkins last week uh, that, was gr- that was great I posted about that uh, sometimes I post just some nature stuff because I you know go to the I go to a nearby field to walk the dog every day, so you know, I just like to take some pictures now and again, and just post them, you know, just uh, just stuff from memory, you know what I mean? And um, but I never back it up. Well, I back some of it up, but I don't back all of it up. 
uh, you know, vinyls that I've bought, um, just moments when I'm with, with the squad, you know what I mean? Just, just you know, just generic stuff sometimes. But they're memorable to me, and they hold dear to me, like ev- like everybody, when they post everything. But I try not to post just, you know, random crap. Uh, like, um, like, like, you know, let's be real. Some, some of you post some random crap. Let's be real. <laughs> let's keep it 100. Um, so... You know, it it does it does give me a concern that someday I'm gonna have to just spend a day trying to find a way to you know back up my Instagram stuff or you know download it again, just like put it on a hard drive or whatever. Um, someday I'll you know scare scare myself shitless somehow and uh, try and try and do it. But um, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. And for and for other social media sites, I you know. I wouldn't really care if Facebook, you know, just deleted everything. I wouldn't really care that much. I wouldn't mind uh, if Twitter shut down. I would. I probably. I wouldn't mind like a you know a full transcription of uh, what I've tweeted over the years. You know, all the I don't know how many thousands now, how many thousand tweets I've done. I'd, I'd like to keep a transcript of that. Why not? That would be quite. Excuse me. That would be quite um, interesting to look back on and see what I tweeted when I was like fifty. Excuse me, when I was fifteen, because. When I was younger, I tweeted a lot. I tweeted a lot, like several tweets an hour, like so bad, absolutely terrible. Live tweeting during NBA games, <sighs> boy, some some mundane crap on there. When people post mundane crap on Instagram or Facebook, and I'm just I'm just like, really, you know. But Twitter is the cesspool of mundane crap mundane tweets that mean absolutely nothing just, oh god I've, I've posted so i posted so much of that back in the day but anyway i just wanted to talk about that because um you know unless the art the, some of the artists probably won't care because you know they're artists and they have the and they probably have their original recording somewhere which is which is good so you know i haven't i haven't seen an artist go oh no that's the only place i had it you know I'm sure they backed everything up, so, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, it probably won't mean much, you know, but it, it is something, you know, worth thinking about, uh, from an existential standpoint. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so anyway, let's get to the, let's get, let's get to my second uh, uh, topic right quick, uh, the second music topic uh, right quick. I wanted to talk about Kodak Black. Now, I don't listen to Kodak Black. I find him trash as an artist. I just, I've just never, I've just never heard a song by him where I'm like, oh, that, that that's that's great, that's, that's great. You know, ZZ's okay, but only like that for the beat, <laughs> and he had nothing to do with the beat. So, like, there's just nothing to do with Kodak Black. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, li- I I did not. I've never listened to ZZ the actual song. I've always listened to the instrumental. I like the instrumental. I, I have no idea what the lyrics are. Never heard the lyrics. Never heard it in in its full entirety. So you know, Kodak Black, I do not mess with as an artist in general, and that is just on the face. Okay, so this is a recent uh, article from Pitchfork, Matthew Strauss. Young Ma responds to Kodak Black after he raps homophobic lyrics about her. Right, so Young Ma, New York artist, uh, you know her her USP, so to speak, uh, to put it bluntly, is that she's a lesbian, uh, she 
basically raps about being a lesbian stuff like that and you know from her you know, you know I don't want to there's no point describing her just just look him young MA up just just look her up and listen to her music and you you you'll understand who what she's about immediately okay so yeah Kodak Black recently renew, released a new song called Pimpin Ain't Easy uh, on the track Kodak raps of the anti-lesbian slur Dyke several times he also mentions New York rapper Young M.A., who's openly gay. Kodak repeats, quote, I be pulling out straps on these fuck niggas. I go Young M.A. on these dumb bitches. Like a dyke, man, you niggas can't fuck with me. And he also raps, I'm fucking Young M.A. long as she got a coochie. As Complex notes, Young M.A. responded to Kodak's lyrics on Instagram Live, stating, Obviously, the nigger is weird. She added, I know I'm female, dot dot dot, but at the end of the day, nigger, that's not my preference. During his own Instagram Live session, Kodak said, quote, I'm talking, I'm talking about how, you, how are you a girl, but you don't want your pussy penetrated. Yeah. Pitchfork has contacted representatives for Young M.A. and Kodak Black. So, on the f- just just that alone, right? Just that alone is just problematic on every level. Piece of shit, literal piece of shit level. Like it's just that is just unbelievable. That is just unbelievable. And, and it's not you. And the worst and the worst thing about it, right? So if you don't know about Kodak Black, let me tell you about Kodak Black, right? It's not even the fact that he's a shit rapper, okay? Because he is. He is garbage. As a rapper, he is low tier. He is trash. His lyrics, garbage. Flow, garbage. Okay. Just from an artistic standpoint, he is shit. But as a person, as a person, he is absolute scum. And just just that alone puts you on scum level, right? But let me tell you this, right? Uh, let me tell you this. Here's an article from the Muse. This is from 2018, okay? Late 2018, right? So Kodak Black was on uh, uh, was on Hot 97, uh, New York hip hop radio station, one of the most popular ones in New York and in the country, uh, national show. Excuse me, hosted by Ebro Darden. Excuse me. Uh, he attempted to. He he had an interview with Kodak Black, and at that at that time, and still at this point, uh, he's he's still he's still alleged at this point, right? He is uh, accused of rape. He he's uh, he's uh, he's being accused of rape. Kodak Black is being accused of rape. Okay, so. Watch this interview if you want to. Just uh, just look up Kodak Black Hot 97. It will probably be like the first result, okay? So let me read this from the news, okay? On Wednesday, Hot 97 host Ebro Don attempted to do his job, and it was enough to drive rapper and accused rapist Kodak Black out of the room. The moment, which you can watch in the video above, is yet another nutshell encapsulation of the contempt for mis- and, and misunderstanding of journalism and conversations about sexual assault in 2018. Black, real name, Deucen? D- Diusen, D-I-E-U-S-O-N, Dyson, Dyson, like the Hoover, I don't know, Octave, I could say that, Dyson Octave, Diusen Octave, I don't know, uh, had stopped by the radio show Ebro in the morning for a promo interview. 
It's perhaps a bit more serious than these things often go, but given Black's extensive legal issues, it couldn't be it couldn't exactly be termed hardball until 50 minutes in when Dunn brought up Black's pending rape case. He goes, quote, looking at all your cases and everything you've been through, I know the recent one right now is very sensitive with respect to everybody involved in that case. We can't get into details today. But, you know, we take sexual assault here serious and we can't get into details, but we hope to have you uh, back so we can have a deeper conversation about that because, you know, this is a serious topic and we're hearing these stories a lot. Twelve Circuit solicitor Ed Clements told ABC 15, which reports on Florence County, South Carolina, where Black was indicted in 27, October 2017, that a condition of Black's bond is that he cannot comment on the allegations by way of print, electronic, digital, or social media, and that violating con- that condition could result in his bond being revoked. But that, of course, is Black's business. Darda's business as a radio journalist is extracting information, even if it's telling silence. Darden, in fact, went above and beyond by pushing Black out of his comfort zone, not kissing his ass simply because he is famous, and confronting him with the past that so many of his fans are willing to ignore or overlook. Right. Uh, let me let me say this last bit. Black is charged with criminal sexual misconduct for attacking a teenage girl in a hotel room in February 2016. The warrant for his arrest via the South Florida Sun Sentinel says defendant forced victim onto the bed in the room and then onto the floor of the room. The defendant removed the victim's underwear and yeah, okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there because it just gets so graphic. Um, it's, so piece of shit i'm just going to reiterate he's a piece of shit okay let's be no bones about it piece of shit that's the only way you can just only describe it now that was 2016 right it has been nearly three years okay and he is charting that is a absolute indictment on american culture rape culture is a thing okay and that right there is a big, big, big bl- black, not even a red flag, a black flag on just everything. If you, <laughs> we talk about, um, we talked about last week, right, cancelling, you know, um, uh, uh, Michael Jackson uh, for, you know, even in, not in defence of Michael Jackson, but, you know, just to say, just to say it for the sake of saying Alleged, you know, alleged, and it's all alleged, everything Michael Jackson's done, but, you know, I've made my peace with it, I do not mess with Michael Jackson as a person, just on the face, it's just, it's just cringe to me, I don't understand, we've, we've talked about that, alright? You lot, you, you lot cancelled Kanye over political statements, and nobody, I repeat, nobody has talked about Kodak Black for for, two, for over two years over this bullshit, over an alleged rape case with horribly descriptive, um, horribly descriptive uh, notation on on what happened. If I carried on reading, you would squirm. If I carried on reading that, you would squirm. That just made it made me cringe. Just you know, pre-reading. It. it, it it's, it's disgusting. It really is disgusting. And I think it needs to be talked about more. Not even just in, just, you know, just in the American culture. And I don't have, you know, the 
I don't have any anchor in American culture. You know, I'm not stupid. But I'm going to talk about it on my show. That's for damn sure. Kodak Black is a piece of shit. And this is not, oh, oh you hate, oh, you, you hate him, you hate him because he's succeeding in getting a bag. No. No. If you, if you think I'm that, if you think I don't fuck with Kodak Black because I think he's shit at rapping, a shit at the actual, um, shit his actual job, then you're a fucking idiot. If anyone thinks that, for anyone, you're a fucking idiot. Of anyone to cancel, this dude is top of the list. This dude is top five on the list. And we, we talked about cancelling. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm being facetious with that. We talked about cancelling last week. You know I don't care about that. But I'm just saying. <laughs> if we're doing it to anybody, this dude should not be having a record deal. Where is the record label on this? Why is the record label not cut him off right now? You know Why? Because it's getting the money. And that's all that matters. Because that's where hip-hop is right now. That's where hip-hop is right now. That's where music in general has been for the past... How many years? Decades? If it makes money, it's all good. If it makes money, it's all good. <laughs> Michael Jackson was in two, two, two court cases. Was he still making pee? Yep. No reason to take him off the label then. Okay then. Conscience clear. And it's the exact same with Kodak Black. Obviously it's a bit different because Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. But you know what I mean. That's how it is. And I'm kind of pissed that, you know, hip-hop has gotten to this... You know, I thought... I've, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be naive and saying I thought hip-hop was, diff- was going to be different when it goes mainstream, but... I can't be surprised about this. I can't. And I think anybody could be surprised about this. To the It's got to that point where hip-hop is so popular that a dude is on a rape case. And, you know, let's, let's stop with this. This, uh, this uh, guilty until proven innocent thing is, you know, that's one thing. But to call out a fellow rapper a peer... You know, to call out a peer in your in your um in your art, in your job, in your occupation a slur because Dyke is a slur. I'm sorry for saying that by the way, but I just wanna be graphic I just wanna be, you know, just to the point to it um with it. Um You know, to say to say that and <laughs> Asking her why why doesn't she want to get her pussy penetrated? Huh? Are you that fucking dumb? It's 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 just disgusting behaviour. It really is disgusting behaviour. And um, you know, I've made I've made my point. I've made my point. Kodak Black, piece of shit. That dude needs to go to jail. But uh, if if he if he if he gets even if he gets um, cleared on that case, right? Even if he does, still a piece of shit. Still a piece of shit. And I still. And if we're talking about from a feminism standpoint, nobody, no woman should be listening to that. No woman should be lis- listening to that person. Absolutely disgusting. And no dude should be listening to that person. 
there's there's flexing and then there's just being a this is being disgusting. That's disgusting. There's flex bars, you know. There's like you know women on my dick, you know. There's there's that there's that. That's 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 one thing, and you can say that's bad, and I'll be I'll be you know, you can make your point on that. Pussy penetrated? Why not? Come on, man. Disgusting. And the negativity don't stop there, ladies and gentlemen, because I need to talk about white supremacy. Yay! Nice, nice, nice light topic, white supremacy. Uh, this is obviously off the back of the um, of the mass shooting in New Zealand. We all know the news about that. Shout out to Egg Boy. You know about that as well. Shout out to Egg Boy. Absolute Don. Um, we know the people in. Well, we know the people involved. Was a white person plug in white supremacy propaganda and I just wanted to broaden the scope because I'm, I'm not going to talk about the, the shooting itself and you know gun uh, or about uh, you know gun control because obviously that has nothing to do with me because I'm British and there's no there's no such you know we have a knife problem we have a knife problem so you know we can still talk about that but I'm not going to talk about gun control because I obviously don't have a a, a, a Obviously, don't have a opinion. Well, I do have an opinion. No guns, but um, but you know, I don't have the um, expertise to talk about. It. Let's say that I don't have the expertise to talk about it. But as it pertains to white supremacy, I think I have a little opinion going around. So I just wanted to broaden the scope on the whole thing because I just feel like it's needed. I just feel like it's needed to be reiterated once again that white supremacy is is prevalent and. It is invis- it can be invisible. Let's not get it twisted, okay? It can be invisible. And this is something that I found um this is something I found from uh, uh Salisbury University. It's a uh, it's it's basically a pyramid, it's, it's an infographic, it's a pyramid of white supremacy. Okay, and I just wanted to go through them. I just wanted to go through them all step by step, um from the bottom up, obviously. Uh the bottom is labelled normalization. And the top one is labelled genocide. So, yes, we, we are going there. So, the first one, the first uh, level of the pyramid is indifference. It says here, there are two sides to every story. That's a quote, you know. There are two sides to every story, when people say that. Apolitical beliefs, avoiding confrontation, and, excuse me, and the good, the great one, excuse me, politics don't affect me. So this is the most normalized. This is the most in, in invisible form of white supremacy. Now I understand that you know the you know the quote there are two sides to every story thing is you know it, it this this level can be you know um, not debunked but debated. I, I will give you that it can be debated, uh, but it's the next one. That really gets into it, okay? So the next one is called minimization. Uh, White saviour complex. Not all white people, quote-unquote. Not believing the experiences for people of colour. You know, not believing in them. Uh, Denial of white privilege, you know. You know, what privilege do I get? I work work with, um, you know... I've worked my way up, you know, I've worked from the bottom up, 
you know, stuff like that. Uh, post-racial, mm, yes, love that one. Uh, intentions more than impact. Uh, you know, the intentions were good, you know, stuff like that. This is the this is where it really begins. Really, like you, you can you can debate the first one, you know, indifference. You can debate it, but minimization is the the definite is a definite, undebatable level. Okay, where you know st- stuff like when it when it says uh, white savior complex, we, you know, we discussed this, you know, with Green Book, for example, white savior films, hidden figures. You know, I I I learned um. I learned last month, right, that um, the you know uh, Kevin Costner's character in Hidden Figures didn't even exist. It's a biopic, obviously. So you know, real characters, real characters, Catherine Johnson and etc. And all the uh, all the Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monae's characters. You know, apologies for not knowing their names off by heart, but you know they were real characters. Kevin Costner's made up. So that means the scriptwriters made up a white savior. For the, for the fact for just just to do it, just to do it, and because it made the story much more heartwarming. Oh, it's heartwarming. Green Book is so heartwarming. They become friends at the end. Bollocks. Okay, stuff like that. Stuff like that. It's just just obviously it's not it's not the full on white supremacy that you, that um you know that we that we're gonna that we're going to get to at the end, but it's still white supremacy because it is just. It, it, it's it's that it's that it's that thing where you can just do it. it you can do it, and most of the, and most people that watch it. And you know, if you read if you read some um uh, if you read most of the uh, reviews on stuff like Hidden Figures and Green Book, you know they don't they don't do the research. You know, they just go, it's a great film. What's wrong with it? It's a great film. Oh yeah, he's a bit racist at the start, but no no no. You know, it's not on. If you're going to, do, and even in that, right? This, let's, let's stick with hidden figures on this point, right? If we're going to do a biopic, do it, do it properly. Don't just make up a character. And that's just, and that's just on a film standpoint, all right. And obviously, there's a more societal standpoint that you can get to with this. You know, the the denial of white privilege is is a great one. Really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Uh, when people, when uh, white people talk about that one, really, really enjoy that one. That you know they can't, <clears throat> they can't see it. And obviously that that, that could be a whole book on how, um, you know, uh, of of how white white privilege and uh, white supremacy can be um, blind and invisible. And that's what we and that's what we're still talking about here. But you know, it's just it's something that you know takes it takes effort. And I understand that you you might not want to put in that effort. I understand, but don't give me denial. <laughs> just don't give me denial because it's just not it's not on. It's not on now. It really isn't. So the next one, and it gets into the true. We're getting to the the good good territory, the meaty territory, and we still got four left. Uh, well, five left technically. Uh, this one is called veiled racism. Okay. So, uh, victim blaming, race jokes, uh, Eurocentric curriculum, uh, tokenism, cultural appropriation, and racist icons. So, this is something that I can, you know, give you many, 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 many options to go, (laughs) many uh, lanes to go down. You know, cultural appropriation, talked about that several times. Uh, 
um, over my over my past couple of years of talking about stuff like that. Tokenism, of course. You know, race jokes is you know the you know we've talked about comedy and you know as no joke taboo kind of thing and obviously that's a that's a, that's its own that's its own podcast to be completely honest so I'll leave that one alone. Eurocentric curriculum talked about that talked about education you know I've talked we've been talking about this we have been talking about this and this is what we're ta- and this is white supremacy right. You know, it's not, white supremacy isn't just the big ones, it's not the, you know, the rallies in Charlottesville, it's not, you know, FBI killing Black Panthers, it's not that, it's not just that, it's these small things as well. White privilege is white supremacy, it's just an offset, it's a, sh- it's a, it's a branch on the whole tree. This is a, white supremacy is a tree, and all of this, all of these are branches and leaves, okay? This is what we have to understand. And this is what white people have to, you know, accept. You may not, I'm not, I'm not saying, this is not the, this is not the all, and I, and I don't need to explain myself with this, but just to, just to say, just to, you know, make the point, because for some reason I feel like I do, and that's just me, obviously it's not all white people, but white privilege is a thing, and white supremacy is the tree of that, okay, and it's all real, and it's all real, and it's all happening around you, you may not know it, depends where you live, obviously, depends on your demographic, but it's legit, and we can get into, you know, just um, skin tone and stuff like that, and, and how, like, you know, just even if being, you know, colorism and stuff like that, but we'll get into that some other time, so, you know, Eurocentric curriculum is this big one for me, you know, just just going through education and just learning about Tudors, even though there were black Tudors, believe it or not, little, little known fact, didn't learn about those, you know, it was just Henry VIII, just Henry VIII, War of the Roses, Henry VIII, Henry VIII, beheaded, divorced, beheaded, died, you know, just all that, that's what it was, World War II, of course, yeah, had to cover that, um, let's get into the next one, uh, big one, discrimination, racial profiling, mass incarceration, racial slurs, fear of people of colour, anti-immigration policies now uh, there's actually a small story I want to give actually about a uh, fear of people of color and uh, this isn't just this isn't just white people uh, there was a comedian uh, past uh, uh, a few days ago called uh, Jess Hilarious she's, she's a she's an Instagram comedian um, just being factual she's a she's on Instagram she's most famous for no being on Instagram and you know roasting people on Instagram she's she's right she's cool um, but she recently got caught, well, not caught, but she just got called out uh, for basically fear of people of colour. Uh, she actually misled. She was on a plane and she posted on, a, I think, I assume it was her IG, um, that she thought they were Muslims, but they were actually Sikhs getting on the plane. And then they got evacuated off the plane. And then they, and when they got back on the flight, the Sikhs were nowhere to be found. So basically she got them kicked out fundamentally off the plane and she was like f- basically like fuck you fuck you lot like I was scared I was fearing for my life stuff like that so white supremacy can be can be ingratiated into other cultures and, and well not even other cultures but into other races and make us and make other races fear other races you know it's, it's this is real this is real, and this is how strong and 
deep-rooted that white supremacy is. So deep-rooted. Uh, next one. Calls for violence. KKK, neo-Nazis, burning crosses. We know that deal. We, we, you know, there's no point. There's not much to talk about there. Uh, violence, actual violence, lynching, hate crimes, police brutality, and the last one, as we saw in New Zealand, mass murder. So this is all connected, okay? This is all connected, right? If you start at the bottom, you can get to the top. And, you know, obviously there are, you know, there are, I don't know the percentage, but a small percentage of people, of, of white people that will mass murder someone, okay? <laughs> we know this, all right? Uh, you are not a mass murderer, most likely not. You are not listening to me and being, and going to mass murder some people. That's, <laughs> this is probably a fact, okay? Um, but there are some things that, if you are a white person, you need to ask yourself, am I doing these things? Am I, you know, am I being indifferent? Am I not, am I not, li- am I not listening? Am I avoiding confrontation? That is a big one, I think. Avoiding confrontation is a really, really big one. Uh, it's like, this isn't even from a racial standpoint, actually. Avoiding confrontation is something that is rife everywhere. You know, just a... Just something simple like uh, someone who's homeless asking for money. You know, asking for change, okay? What do we do? Ah, oh, sorry, I have no money. Yeah? Everyone's culprit of that. Everyone's been culprit of that. Ah, oh, sorry, I have no money. But we have money. We avoid confrontation. Avoid confrontation from negative things. White supremacy is obviously a negative thing. Homelessness is a negative thing. Um, it's, it, Obviously, there are different levels to that. But, you know, it's, they're both negative. And uh, I think avoiding confrontation is the biggest one. Because just from me talking about this, there are some people that have immediately tuned out. And that's you know, that's fine. You can tune out if you want to. I put the timings on the I put the timings on the on the show for a reason, so you can listen to what you want, and then if you don't listen to the rest then be my guest. Don't listen to all the rest. But I'm talk I talk about it for a reason. I talk about it because I care about the people around me and the people who listen, if anyone, if I listen, <laughs> you know, I talk about it because I want to talk about it and I feel like it should be talked about. Avoiding confrontation is probably the biggest one here, the biggest hurdle, because if you accept that it's happening, right, and you accept to learn and listen and to take in the information that people give you, right, you will be much better for it. When you, when you, when you, you know, when you have an, when you, when you listen to an argument, right, or watch an argument happen, right, or, or, or participate in an argument, the fundamental thing that you have to do in an argument, and the fundamental way you have to do it in, you know, in succeeding in an argument, is to listen. To listen, to, excuse me, to see the other person's point of view, and to, and to be better for, and to be better off at the end of it, even if it's, even if it's agreeing to disagree. If you agree to disagree, then 
you know that you have listened to the other person. But even with saying that, some of this is not even an argument. So, but anyway, um, I just wanted to talk about that. Uh, you know, from the from how the uh, the tragedy in New Zealand happened, it was just you know nobody was well, nobody should be surprised. You know what I mean? If you're surprised, then you need to you need to re- go read something. You know what I mean? So. I just wanted to talk about the overall, the overall tree that we're talking about here, which is white supremacy, um, and yeah, uh, I hope I hope I hope I you know try to uh, open hope we made everyone. I've learned something today, but you know, if if not, it's all good. Hope you enjoyed the show regardless. Uh, but yeah, that's the show. That's uh, that's this week sorted. Uh, yeah, I, do. <laughs> I don't mean to leave on a bum note like that, but uh, yeah, sometimes it's just how it, sometimes it's just how it goes, you know. Just uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, this week I'm going to Leeds and Lincoln, so um, I'll be gone for a few days, and that'll be gonna be quite fun. Uh, going to see Neo, angelic voice if you haven't heard her. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my that's gonna be my week uh, <laughs> to end March quite quite well. Hope you all have a good week. And fifth element podcast network. I've been Charlie Taylor. This has been What's Goods, and I'll see you next week. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.